As we begin to reintegrate into the world post-lockdown, we're confronted with the fact that our lives are not the same as they were before 2020. And with that comes the realization that a lot of us have to relearn, rebuild, and restart. Struggling to do so myself, I wondered how other people are able to rise from the ashes of crumbled moments throughout their lifetime. I'm Rebecca Lee, and this is season two. How the fuck did you bounce back? Okay, we're doing it. We're doing it. I need to take a coffee sip. Oh, I had that almost that exact same drink this morning. What did you get? What do you get? You know, I have this this kind of love-hate thing with Starbucks. Me too. I actually don't really like it that much, but my fiance loves it. And I kind of am like, okay, you know, I have a drink that I like there. So I go with the venti iced coffee. Yeah. Up. No classic. Mm-hmm. No classic. No. No classic. Oat milk. Yep. Two stevia. Oh, cin- I d- cinnamon. cinnamon. Oh, see, I don't do either of those two last things, but okay. I will. I maybe I will try that. Yeah. And I feel the same way. Like I don't love Starbucks, um, but it's sometimes it's just convenient, which is like I don't know. I need to be better about being like, well, fuck that. Like wake up five minutes earlier and go to a local yeah, coffee shop. You know. Local. I know. I know. I, I know. tell myself the same thing. I'm a piece of shit. But I'm a- no, you're not. <laughs> I'm actually in Orange County right now, mm. in South Orange County. So there's, you know, it is a little more strip molly here, a yes. little less mom and pop. Sure. Did you move or are you visiting someone or what's No, it well, I I kind of live back and forth now because okay. I got in, engaged. I know. Year. This is news to me. How do, did you, I, I don't know how I didn't know that, but you said fiance and I was like, excuse me, we yeah, need to talk about I this. I, I haven't really, you know, I, I keep it, I guess, pretty private. I don't, you know. Listen, I, makes complete sense. Yeah. I feel the same way. Should have done that sooner and learned the hard way. But now I'm like, let's keep everything private. Right. Just because, I don't know, I guess I like to think of using Instagram. Honestly, if I probably wasn't in entertainment, I probably wouldn't use Instagram. I have no desire to show my personal life on the internet. So anyways. Yeah, I feel the exact same way. Yeah. I'm like, I don't like it. Wish I didn't have to have it. Um, Have to do it for career stuff. Sure. But like, yeah, learn the hard way. Like maybe we shouldn't uh, post personal stuff. Right. right. So I kind of stopped exactly. doing that. Uh, but congratulations. That's amazing. Thank you. Very exciting. Thank you so much. And um, yeah, he lives in Orange County. He lives... In, uh, well, we live together in San Clemente and West Hollywood now. So we, I do the bathroom work. Yeah. yeah. And he has three three kids. Okay. So I am a stepmommy to be, future stepmom. He has the three boys and they're all teenagers and they're okay. in school here. So that was why, you know, there wasn't, he's going to be in Orange County until they graduate. Right. That makes sense. Um, how do you feel about being a stepmommy? Oh my gosh you know what like it I always tell him I used to joke uh before we met I was like I don't want to be a mom I just want to be a stepmom you know it was like almost a bit yeah and now I'm seeing it for real for all the wonderful things about it and the challenges that go along with it and you know it's it's a real it's a journey you know it, it is and it makes you kind of consider like oh do I do I want to have kids one day? I'm, I'm still not not so sure about that one. But mm-hmm. it was actually a lot more, even though they're they're very easy, they're very independent, they're so laid back, the three boys. I've never had any issues with them. But it, in a lot of ways, it was a lot more challenging than I thought. Ooh, to explain, because this is like goes hand in hand with the entire podcast. So yeah. tell me, yeah, tell me like what, what did you expect it to be versus what it is and what's challenging and all of that? I think, you know, I, I'm all, I was always, uh, oh, I'm so great with kids. You know, I used to teach kids dance and I can connect with kids really easily. It's always come nat- natural. And I was kind of like, oh, this will be, this will be great. I'll just come in, be myself. You know, I knew I wasn't going to push that. I'm your mother now agenda, you know, which I feel like that was something that was happening you know, in more in the 80s and 90s, where sure. I mean, probably it still happens, but I feel like 
divorce is a thing that's unfortunately so common now. People are really, you know, well adjusted as to how to co-parent and step-parent in an appropriate way. So, but it's, it's, it's a challenge to connect with them. You know, yeah. it's, and you, you can't, for, you know, kids are so smart. They see everything. So you can't force anything to happen, but you need to be available and present enough so when the opportunity does present itself that you can you can take it and form some kind of connection with them yeah did you like expect that to be the case or did you think it was gonna like come easier or did you think it was gonna be more difficult I I think I did think it would be a little easier yeah yeah so and, and it's you know it's not that it's been terribly hard but I, I am, I guess, just eager to have a closer personal yeah. relationship. And sometimes you just have to be really patient with that because there's a lot of still, even now, you know, there's emotions and things and, and also, of course, just hormones, being teenagers and being completely just into your own thing, completely yeah. um, just focus on yourself. Uh, yeah, I mean, I remember when I was a teenager, like when I was a teenager, yeah. I was like, oh, I want to do what I want to do. I don't care about anything else. And like, yeah, so that makes complete sense. Um, yeah. What what do you think is like the most challenging aspect of it? Is it just like wanting to connect and like it just taking more time than than what you want it to take? Yeah, I yeah. think so. Um, this looks so weird. It's like the bottom of... It's like a water with that, those electrolytes in it. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. But I didn't stir it. So it's like all stuck on the bottom. And- You're just drinking salt water. Just salt water. <laughs> Speaking of that, it's not your morning electrolytes. Really? So really. I, I think, um, yeah, I also think, you know, you take things so personally, you know, I'm like, oh, my God, they're mad at me today. They won't make eye contact. Oh, my God. Like. They must think something about me, but really it's just like, no, I think they're just kids. Like they're just teenagers and they're, they don't really care about you. This was the thing I was really surprised about. Does not matter like who, what kind of person you are. Doesn't matter how interesting or cool you may be as a person. You will never, ever be cool to teenagers. Mm -hmm. Like if you're anyhow, any, any way associated with their parent, like dating their parent, you are automatically like, everything you do is embarrassing and lame. And I want nothing to do, like nothing to do with you, you know? Yeah. Okay. Which is wild because it's like, I still, I mean, this says a lot about me, but I'm like, I still consider myself like a teenager, even though I'm not, I'm so not a teenager, but I'm like, oh yeah, I can relate because I'm like a teenager and I'm like, oh my God, that's why they're embarrassed of me. And then you realize that you're so you're old. old. You're like, I'm on TikTok. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. I'm on TikToks. Like, I know the trends. Yeah. It's like, it's so funny because, you know, I always feel I'm eternally 17. That's like- Yes the age that still resonates with me but I yeah I've realized that I'm I'm actually more middle-aged than I thought <laughs> yeah. very middle-aged yeah God, and that is a rude awakening uh <laughs> yeah. when you have to take ibuprofen for like no reason and you're just like man this means I'm old and this means yeah. I'm old because I'm just pounding ibuprofen okay. um, yeah what uh what made you realize like, oh, I just can't take this personally. Like, it's not like, it's not about me. It's like the situation. I'm taking things personally. I don't need to take it personally. Like what, what changed? Like, how did you make that shift in your mind? Hmm. That's a really good question. I I think I still will overreact to things sometimes. Never to them, but internally, you know, I freak out. Um, yeah, I think there, there was an instance where I realized it just really wasn't about me, like in retrospect. And then it helped me remember like, Mm. I still will have paranoia though. It's absolutely. And sometimes it's, it's just tricky because you don't know, you know, people might be saying different things, you know, like we're getting a different, you know, version of things over at, at, at mom's house you know so right 
it's it's um it can be tricky yeah and you have to be like diplomatic and Uh like understanding and you know all those things yeah just very neutral and like not emotion consistent and you know those are like those things I try to be but I'm you know I also I'm not around all the time either you know because they're here half the time and then I'm in LA half the time so sometimes it syncs up where I'm around and then sometimes like this month I've been gone a lot yeah yeah totally that makes complete sense can -hmm. you think of a time um you know, I, I guess it could be as a kid or in adolescence or as an adult. Like, what is something that looking back on, like a challenge that you faced that you're most proud of overcoming or you're most proud of, like, finding your way through it and, like, getting to the other side? Oh, okay. okay. So at any point in my life? Any, or at- any point. No. Whenever, whatever you want to talk about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Ooh. Oh, a challenge you were proud that you're proud of overcoming challenge I overcame Shit. there's so there's definitely also lot. we can talk about as many as you want or okay. as few as you want this is this is up to you this is your interview whatever you want to talk about so I guess the first thing that comes to mind is I was you know at the time I didn't even view it as a challenge but was when I moved to New York on my own and I was so excited I was so confident it was you know I graduated from college I went to Virginia Tech and I was so hell-bent on not moving home I was like I am not going to even spend the summer with mom and dad I am moving where's where mom and dad Virginia Virginia Virginia. okay Virginia got it and I I was just like I don't care I'm doing this. I have so much money from graduation. I have $1,500. That'll get me at least six months in New York. (laughs) I was like, oh my God, I'm loaded right now. I'm going to go. I don't have a job. And my mom was so mad at me Mm. because she's like, how can you, what are you doing? Like, you can't move to New York without a job. And I was like, mom, it'll be fine. I'll figure it out when I get there, you know? And, um, yeah, I just did it. I, you know, of, my poor parents, of course, they're like, oh, Jesus, she's gonna, you know, like, and, and you know, I, I wasn't in a position with my parents where they, they were not gonna float me in New York. Sure. By any so I, um, I went up there, I found this shithole apartment with two friends that had gra- just graduated from VCU. Okay. So we found this like, just horrible you know, crap hole. And, you know, we did it. And at the time I was just so excited that nothing could, it didn't, it didn't even seem like a challenge, but then looking back, I'm like, wow, I'm really happy that I had those character building years in New York because that was certainly a a really swift kick in the ass. Oh, big time. I did the same thing. I've talked to so many people who are like, I had such character building in New York, like when I graduated high school or when I graduated college, like going there and then being like, all right, this like, I mean, hitting rock, some of us, me hitting like rock bottom there and having to like rebuild. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, where, where did you grow up? Uh, I grew up in Florida. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know about cool, but, uh, Uh, but, uh, went to conservatory theater school in New York and then Los Angeles. So, uh, what did you go to school for in Virginia? I actually, my major was fashion merchandising. Oh, hell yeah. And I did dance in college, but I didn't study dance. They, they, at the time, Virginia Tech didn't have any performing arts majors or any programs Mm -hmm. because. You know, I guess it's a technical school, but I, I was a little lost in college. You know, I wasn't so sure, you know, what I was going to do with myself. And I'm sure you relate to this when you don't, when you're not raised in a family or even in an area that's anywhere close to the entertainment industry, there's this big question mark of how do I even get into this or what even is this is this even possible is this even an option so 
you know, the most theater we had in my hometown was church theater. Like mm-hmm. I did play productions at the church, you know, there, there are not many outlets. There was a really good uh, dance school that I had. So I was really lucky to have that as kind of my foundation for dance. But yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's for acting. Like there's, yeah. what are you doing? Like, how are you act, acting if you're yeah. not? Yeah. So I always think it's, I always love hearing how people end up in LA and New York who are, you know, from any random town in America and don't have parents that were fostering that somehow. Totally. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Did you? They're all insane. We're all. Oh my God. Absolute masochists. Completely insane. Yeah. Just nuts. (laughs) Um, Did you, did you, okay. So you wanted to go into entertainment, but you didn't see like a path for it. So you did fashion merchandising. Is that what happened or? I think it was, I definitely, I knew at that point I wanted to do something creative. That's what I felt confident enough to admit to myself. And I think I always did want to go in into entertainment, but I just was, you know, selling, I was probably settling. I was selling myself a little short at the time. So I just ended up there and it was so easy. Mm. It was so easy I couldn't believe it and then this was kind of a miracle I ended up didn't even apply for it I got a scholarship to study abroad through this major and it was like a half you know like a six four month program in London (gasps) and getting that like being being able to have that opportunity completely opened my eyes and that that was something that gave me the confidence to make the move yeah what was I mean what's it like being because I didn't get to study abroad I Um, I did an undergrad in Florida um I graduated in three years because I hated it like it sounds like like you I was like I don't know what I'm doing my parents did not foster in me like oh you mm-hmm. can do entertainment they were like what are you talking about you're not gonna make mm-hmm. any money you're not gonna make it um do business you I mean it's a whole my life is a whole fucking I don't know hour two hour three hour conversation but right. <laughs> this is about you but uh so I got like I went I got a business degree I graduated early and I was like I this is not what I want to do so then that's when I liked it and ended up applying for theater stuff but after that um but I didn't get the chance to study abroad and and I'm curious how that like opened your eyes if going from like Virginia to or West Virginia or Virginia 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 Virginia. to London and experiencing that and being immersed in a different culture like how that affected you I was um, it was so cool I was 20 (laughs) I was 20 years old I didn't know anybody there and I remember this feeling and I had the same feeling when I got to New York I felt so free to go into this place. Like I remember being in the cab from the airport and they were dropping me off at my housing. And I was like, nobody knows where I am right now. (laughs) It's like, I could just disappear into the city and no one would even know. I don't know why that was so exciting for me, but I was just so thrilled at all of the new things surrounding me that it just everything completely opened up yeah and you you felt the same way when you moved to New York just like a sense of freedom yes even though I did know some people in New York but it still was I felt incredibly free and incredibly what almost God complex confident. I can do anything. Mm. And then, you know, four months later, I had bed bugs, and <laughs> you know, I was like, I, I was, I worked so much in New York that um, I used to work at the Plaza Hotel, and I would open, which would mean I'd have to be there at like five a.m. And I had like other jobs too, so I'd be there at five a.m. And you know, I was in my early 20s so I was also going out and right the bars so those stupid bars close at 4 a.m and you don't have to drive yeah yeah and you're just woo-hoo. Yep. so I would I go I'd work my shift and then I remember I'd go to a cafe after I worked to get food and I would always fall asleep at the table Holy like shit. and I, I remember one time this guy was like hey hey are you okay? He probably thought I was 
you know, yeah. a junkie, you know, yeah. or, you know, he was like worried about, <laughs> just... I used to fall asleep on people on the subway too. Ugh. And they, they do this. They're like, yeah, me. <laughs> get off me. Yeah, like, sure. Oh, sorry. Yeah, it was, it was a time, but it's such a time. Yeah, it, it was good. It, and, and having that experience, which, which I'm sure you felt the same way. Um, when I moved to LA, I was like, oh, I got this. Right. I got this. I did New York. And then you're like, oh, I guess I don't, you know, it's just as hard in a completely different way. Yeah, totally. And when you were in New York, were you like, you had a job at the Plaza, you said you had other jobs, like uh-huh. what, uh, what direction were you going in? Like dance or entertainment or fashion? Like what was your, um, sort of like idea for career at that time? So I, I, when I, when I first moved to New York, I got a job, my only nine to five job right out of college. And I, that was for a media company and I worked there about a year and that was enough time to feel and know I will never have a nine to five job again. I was so unmotivated and I just uninterested all of it. And I remember my uh, boss there wanted to promote me and I was like, no, I, why would I want to work in sales? And he was like, maybe you shouldn't work here then. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm going to go. I was so committed at that point to just dive into the arts or entertainment. So I did, uh, I was doing a lot of theater at first. So that was with acting. I got really into the scene study class and I was doing like Shakespeare productions and things like that. And I, with dance, I would audition. So weirdly, I was at the time doing a lot of contemporary, which is a style I completely abandoned. I almost never do contemporary dancing anymore, but I would do some musical theater auditions and things like that too. But I'm sure, you know, with, with musical theater, you have to be so in on musical theater. And I just, I didn't care. I I was never interested in being, you know, in the chorus. I was like, why, why would you want to be in the chorus? It just, I, it didn't resonate with me. Sure. So, um, so yeah, I, most of my, you know, New York chapter was theater. And then I, I ended up getting into a really great cabaret, uh, scene, got a really great cabaret job there. That's rad. And then I did start UCB in New York. Okay, cool. So that's when comedy came into your life. Yes, because it was, I had done a run of the play Closer. Mm -hmm. And it's a really, um, yeah, it's like the one that the movie was based on. Yeah, okay, okay. I'm just making sure I'm, I'm on the same page. Yes. And it's a, it's a cool movie, but I remember just doing it and feeling like, you know, I think that if I want to, you know, get on stage, I think I like making people feel good. Like I, I, I like to hear laughter versus, you know, leaving people with the message of everyone's horrible, which is like sure. the message of that play. It's really dark. And that like, play is, I mean, I haven't seen the play. I've only seen the movie, but like, goddamn. Yeah. It's the it's the exact same. Basically. Okay. Were you Natalie Portman or Julia Roberts or somebody? I better? was, I was Natalie Portman. Sure. Of course. So, uh, yeah, that was the that was the impetus for me to to go to UCB. Okay, I want to like do. That's what I like. That's why how I like to, you know, yeah, express totally. uplift, the uplifting thing. Yeah, totally. And like, what are your parents thinking about this at this point? Are you close with your parents? I am. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, my parents. They've been really cool. You know, my mom was mad when I first moved to New York. Okay, I think my dad was upset too, but he he was the one that I remember that drove me. Like he was the one that helped me move. My mom like couldn't, she couldn't take it. But they've always been, for the most part, really supportive. They just kind of let me do my thing. They're supportive in that way. And in, in, especially in recent years, I think my, my mom's really come around and she's like, I, you know, I believe in you, you can do this kind of thing. 
Um, so I, yeah, there, there was never any resistance from them. They're just, they just support in the way they know how, which is okay. We know Amy, she's going to do her thing and there's really nothing we can say about it. So, you know, I hope it works out Hope for, let's yeah. all for the best, you know? Yeah. 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 So then, okay, so at what point do you go, like, I'm going to move to Los Angeles, and what made you make that decision? So I had, I was starting to feel like everything in New York was hitting a dead end. It was mm. it was a weird feeling. I felt like I had really exhausted what I learned in the scene study class I was so committed to for so long. I felt with improv, I wasn't sure what opportunities I was going to get from it there. And doing doing UCB at the time, at least in New York, was interesting because in LA, everyone who does improv is an actor. In New York, not necessarily true. Half of the people there, it's their hobby or, you know, they work in advertising and they like doing improv or they are taking improv so they get more comfortable with public yeah. speaking you know it's yeah it's a really different so i just my sister had moved to la for an internship and she said hey if you want to get a one way you can stay with me on my couch for three months rent free and i was like you know what fuck it Let's do it. I also was in a relationship that was ending. It felt, you know, I, I just knew it was time for a change. Yeah, so you just like outgrew, you outgrew what that city and the people and everything had to offer you and you were ready yeah. to like make, start a new chapter somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm honestly shocked how I haven't really had that yet in Southern California. I had it a little bit during the pandemic. Yeah. I think we all did. I think we were like, oh, well, maybe I'm not yeah. so sure, you know? Oh, God, yeah. Totally. Totally. Um, have you always been like a risk taker in your life? Because it seems like you're very comfortable. And maybe I'm wrong, but it sounds like you're very comfortable, like, just taking risks and following what uh, you think is right for you and yeah. not letting, not letting, like, society or status quo or anybody tell you like that you can't do that is that oh have you always been like that well I guess so I guess I'm a big and thanks thanks for saying that by the way and I feel like I am a big jump and the net will appear kind of yeah so and I think once you've done that enough in your life you learn like well it's not gonna be any worse than that time you know totally the, the funny thing is, is like, sometimes it can be just everything's relative, you know, depending on where you are in your life. Yeah. I could never go back to New York now Yeah, with no job. I'd be like, hell no. You know, I wouldn't, yeah. unless I had something where I was set up in a way that was comfortable, but, but yeah, I, I, I guess I, I am into just going for it. Yeah, I love that. Uh, I would love to have more of that skill because I'm always like, is this the right thing? Or like, you know, having that like back and forth and then you're just paralyzed in the in-between and that's not uh, great either. You know what I, a tool I use? This is kind of ridiculous. But whenever I'm at a crossroads and I need to make a decision, I have one of those crystal pendulums <gasps> that go yes or no. Yeah, I know exactly what we're talking about. I have made huge decisions based on based on that crystal. Wait, I have to go buy one now. <laughs> they're they're I think they're really cool because what they do is it's a physical manifestation of your whatever your intuition already is. So you, you know, is it gonna be right or wrong? We'll never know because you're gonna make the decision. Um but I think that they're really helpful for that because a lot of times we are we know what the answer is, but our analytical brain just can muddy the waters. So that um, that crystal helps me. Yeah, I need that. I'm gonna go get that crystal. I'm gonna talk to you after this and figure out where I should go. Get yes, one. Uh, oh, yeah, I absolutely. Uh, I love I love these LA conversations. I know. Crystal pendulum tells me. 
Honestly, whatever works. Whatever Whatever works. works. Whatever works. Like, if you need to make a pro and cons list, like, if that works for you, go for it. If a crystal works for you, go for it. Like, I do sometimes. I also, another way to, this is something I made up. Like, if you don't have the crystal, it's just another modality. I go like this. Okay, whatever hand is more, okay, or this hand's yes, this hand's no. And then whatever hand is more hot or, like, tingles more is my answer. (gasps) I just made it up. I'm going to be walking around Los Angeles <laughs> doing that. You know that, right? Like, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't done that one in a while though, but I remember I was, that's a good, that's a good one. Um, mm-hmm. so, okay. But then that means like you've always, or maybe not always, but you've somehow cultivated a trust in yourself and a trust in your judgments. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is like, I have such a hard time and I'm sure people who are listening to this also, like some of them have, can relate but it's like having a hard time like trusting your intuition or trusting your gut or like knowing like my thing right now is like is this my gut or intuition or is this just like some complex that I've developed through trauma you know like how do you tell the difference like how have you developed like a trust in your intuition and your judgment you know how did I, how did I develop that? Hmm. I guess it was just living just, I don't know. I mean, I think when I started, you know, putting myself in that situation in New York, just going back to my overcoming my biggest challenge, I think through that, it was such a huge learning chapter and the stakes were really high and, it was so chaotic and I feel like I got a really good sense of myself at that time. Mm. It was in a way kind of a survival mode chapter. Mm-hmm. So I getting through, I mean, I, I can remember times where I would have, I would plan there were these certain food places that I knew would give samples and I would go there to get food, like to have dinner. I'd be like, oh, I'm going to go to Whole Foods because I know they're doing samples right now. I'm going to get a snack. Or, you know, like, yeah. no, I think if you just allow your, when, when you allow yourself to live in that way and just be free, I guess you, you can develop that. And I consider myself very lucky because um, a lot of people, don't have the ability to take such risks even after college because different reasons maybe they feel obligated to take care of their family maybe they're not you know they they are just wired in a way where they're like i'd never put myself in that situation i need to do you know secure and that's not to say uh i think people who choose a more secure lifestyle can ha- absolutely have wonderful intuition and uh, make good judgment. You know, I'm not saying that at all, but I think that's just for me how I developed mine. Survival mode is my short answer. Yeah, it's like you, I feel like I use this uh, metaphor a lot, or not metaphor, I don't know what this is, but like you have lived enough to where you have um, created enough like data points to reference like, oh, I've done this before. Like I've I've been in a situation like this before. So like I know if a challenge hits me, like I can overcome it because I've overcome I have overcame all all, all of these other, you know, challenges at these other points in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, So like I feel like that's a good th- I'm like kind of talking to myself, too. That's a good thing to remember, like when trying to make a decision is like you've made decisions before that you were unsure of and it led you. Uh-huh down the like quote unquote like right path or the path that led you to where you are now so like it's gonna be okay you can handle it whether it turns out the way you want or not like you've handled it before you can handle it again and the cool thing is is that it'll be okay either way yes either way and a lot of it's so not even in our control honestly I don't know what is in our control because like even if we like you know like even if we do the quote unquote right thing or whatever, it could still go wrong. Like there's nothing that's like 
keeping it in your control it's like really just like th- like making the best decision you can and like throwing it out to the universe and like yeah just going with just it where you land yeah I, I even think right now um even if I'm thinking about my next five years in terms of family versus career you know I I don't I, at some point I'll have to make a decision about that and I'm kind of okay with it going either way. That's Mm -hmm. the interesting part. I'm still committed to my career and there are certain things I want to accomplish for myself and create or produce. But at the same time, if I don't, I'll be like, well, okay. And I don't know if that's a good quality that I have in myself. I'm very, can be flippant or something, Mm. but I'm, I can, I guess I can let things go easily if I, if I need to, because I, I agree that sometimes things are just not in our control as much as we think they are. Yeah. I think that's a great quality. Like not having like a stranglehold on a result or like an end result on something, but being like, okay, I got to just like let the chips fall where they may and like release this like vice grip that I have on like some sort of result that I want um Mm -hmm. which is like I feel like I read something somewhere which is like to combat shame and um I guess it was just like control in general it's just like letting go like just Mm -hmm. letting go which is easier said than done for a lot of people so much easier said than done yeah do you um are you like a goal setter like do you like set goals or no okay me either I'm not either I wish I honestly wish I was that but it goes back to like that well I'll try and see what happens because I think I I went through a period of goal setting and I was so disappointed yeah. And like how I didn't accomplish them. And it's funny because this is kind of going back to entertainment. It's really hard. It, it's a hard career to set goals in because you can, your goals will have to be very action oriented and things you, you can only set goals with things you have control over. Cause if yeah. your goal is like, in five years, I'm going to be, you know, a series regular on a TV show. It's like, well, I mean, you can put the things in motion, you can set goals in the way that it could maybe improve your chances of that. But, you know, like yeah. there's, there's really not, it's such a hard industry in that way that we don't have, you know, we can do put in the work and put in the 10,000 hours and be as specific as we can. But at the end of the day, you know, even with with UCB, for instance, it's that's it's a smaller level thing, but it's a perfect example of you can take all the classes, you can do practice groups and performance groups. It doesn't necessarily guarantee you're going to 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 be able to perform at the theater. It's it's an analogy for the, working in the industry. Yeah, totally. It's like you can. Yeah. Yeah, you can do all the like you said, you can do all the things, but ultimately it's not your decision. There's like the powers that be that like gatekeep certain things and like it's just not always in your control. Yeah, that's true. I wonder if like our other careers like that because it's like the first thing I think of is like, okay, well, like if I was like a personal trainer or something and I wanted to like if I could set a goal and accomplish that because it's all Mm -hmm. within my control, but it's like. Yeah, I actually like never really thought of entertainment that way, but it really isn't in your control. I know, but and I don't think I think other industries or careers have that element when you get to a certain level. Mm. But it other paths are way more linear. Even if you want to be an entrepreneur, I think it's so much more linear. Mm-hmm. The only thing that actually could be linear with entertainment might be if you because their strategy around it is social media that because there's analytics and there are I've never implemented them I know people though that know actually how to do it and build it and set yourself up to to make money through that or like content creating god I have no idea how to do that me neither but I literally just talked to someone last night who does know how and she was like I'm gonna help you so much I was like oh my god 
that's amazing. I have no idea how to do it. And also it would, it would take a lot for me to like be interested and like invest in it, which like, God, I should, because it's such a thing in our industry. It's like, well, how many followers does this person have? Like, can we get free, uh, advertisement essentially off of their followers and it's like oh fuck I've always had such a rocky relationship with using social media but how I'm looking at it right now and we'll see if I actually stay committed to this but I see it as with I think with the industry you have to find a way in you have Mm -hmm. to have some foot in the door or potential foot in the door to help you get connected or be visible. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there are a lot of different ways to do that. You can, you know, produce your own thing. You remember when people were making, people don't make web series anymore. No, they don't. It's like not happening. Mm-hmm. I made one about five years ago. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, that's crazy. It was about five years ago. And yeah, people don't don't do that. And I think it's because they're like, why would I make uh, you know, 10 minute episodes? It's very expensive to produce if I can get more visibility making these like short miniature huh? sketches and put them on, you know, this platform where there's so many more viewers. Yeah, I feel like the new web series is like doing characters yeah. on like reels on Instagram or on TikTok. Yeah. Um, totally. which is like tricky for me because I'm not that's not my type of comedy like I'm not good at it like I'm not good at sketch comedy um I've I I don't want to say I'm not interested in it but like it has never been that interesting to me and maybe that's Mm because I'm not good at it I don't know um but yeah is that like kind of the world you're going in is that that this person like I think so I have a lot of ideas for different you know, sketches or characters. Yeah. So I think I'm going to just give it a go, but I know how I get a little, I can be a little distracted. So, you know, I can plan on doing something and then, oh, who knows? An, an opportunity could knock on my door that I'm like, oh, yes, this is a thing. No, yeah. never mind. Never mind. I'm yeah. going to do this, you know? Yeah. So, and, you know, with dancing and as well, kind of, going in tandem I I'm there could be some opportunities coming up for me in the next year with some shows I'm working on so I don't I don't it's all a big question mark or maybe I just quit and you know have a couple babies and like call it yeah you could do either uh yeah man I wish my brain worked like that where I could like write down characters and do them like I'm so jealous isn't the right word in awe of everybody in the in like the the comedy world who has the ability to do that because I'm just like that is so cool and like not a skill that I have or uh maybe I should develop it I don't know I think it's fine you know having your unique angle on it because my shit has always been all over the place it's I'm really inconsistent like one day it's you know a dance video and then the next day it's you know it doesn't it's I could really hone in on something. Mm, I see. So I think that the people who do really well, they find their thing that's really specific and unique to them and then they run with it. Like for you, you could do, you know, you could combine, you know, comedy and pole dancing or find some kind of creative angle on that. Yeah. Where maybe you're just dancing and you're just like write a joke on the, (laughs) you know, like, yeah, totally. uh, You know, whatever. So, yeah, that's, um, but then, you know, you also have to, for me, I, I think about, well, how, how do I want to be seen? And if I'm utilizing this to help me become visible, I want to be presenting myself as an actor and a writer instead of, you know, a, a girl that came up with something clever, Sure. you know, like a twerking video, you know, like I'm yeah less interested in that now and I'm more like okay well let me actually show what's going on in here yeah 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 um not to go well actually I mean I'm gonna go back to it uh okay so you did UCB in New York and then you came to LA and you did Mm -hmm. UCB like what was your journey with UCB and comedy in Los Angeles and how like did it compare to New York 
So in New York, I only did the first, you know, I went through the entire curriculum, I guess, in, in New York. So I went through all the levels and I had one, I was on one improv team. Oh my God. What was our name? <gasps> what was it? It was the name of a bar that we always went to. Oh, that's fun. I don't remember. It'll come to me later. So, you know, we did, I don't know, maybe five shows. So I was pretty green. And then when I went to LA, I, I really cut my teeth doing boot camp. I was mm-hmm. doing the improv boot camp for, um, I don't know, maybe four to five years Yeah, off and on, but pretty, pretty consistently, pretty consistently. And that was, you know, every day. And, um, I also took classes at UCB, but I found boot camp was just so much better because it was you were so consistent. It's supposed mm-hmm. to improvs is something you have to pro I think to be good at it, you have to prep. Yeah. You have to get it get it in there. Mm-hmm. So I I um let's see. I did I performed on a Herald team and yeah, how was that? What was that experience like? It was so fun. I I I absolutely I had the best time. I got, I feel like I got lucky. I was only on it for a year. I got cut the following year, which sucked. That part sucked. Yeah. But um, the team was so, I had, I had such a blast with them. Like we really connected the team and I, I, the, yeah, I, I actually can't, I'm having a hard time remember our coaches. Mm-hmm. Our team though was super solid. Um, oh, Deb was our coach. Yeah, we had great, great coaches too. We had maybe like two throughout the you know whole year. Um, yeah, it was a, it was a blast. It was, it was a That's blast. Great. It was. I remember being a little. It you felt pressure for sure. Yeah. I have like a couple moments on that stage that I that still haunt me to this day. Yeah, because yeah, when it's going, when it's going bad, yeah, you're like. Oh, yeah. God. it's like yeah. the outer body, you know? And, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I wish I had more more time with that in a way. But in another way, I was just grateful that I had the year and, and then I got that's, to kind of move on. That's great that you, like, had such a great experience and felt supported and all of that. Um, yeah. I What I, like, really love about you and respect about you is that, like, you're you and you don't change for Mm. an institution or for anybody Mm -hmm. and I fucking love that so much because like I'm that way now but it took a really long time for me to get that way Mm -hmm. and like I was for sure pressured to be um I don't want to say not myself but like just to dress a certain way or oh, totally. a certain way or you know what I mean um and I think a lot of women probably experience this in comedy and in our industry as a whole Definitely. Um, there, there, yeah there seems I don't know why but there's always this squashing of the feminine that seems to be happening in in comedy not maybe not necessarily right now because things are you yeah. know have evolved from the year I started improv to now things are so completely different when I started doing improv in New York I was the one of the only girls in my classroom it was me and somebody else and I remember loving it I fucking loved it because I was like oh these guys think they're hot shit they ain't shit and I loved that but and I loved just not caring about you know I remember the the improv uniform you know everyone was like oh you need to wear jeans and I was like why Cause my, was my, my dress going to fly up and I'm going to expose my vagina on stage? Like <laughs> why? Who cares? Like yeah. why, what difference does it make? Yeah. So I, I had, I was on a team before I did the Herald team. I was on an improv team at West side, the West side comedy theater. And listen to this shit. This was probably in like 2014. Oh God, it, I'm scared. I was wearing shorts, okay? So no risk of the punan coming out. Mm-hmm. But my coach was like, you have to wear pants on stage. And I was like, why? He's like, because it's too distracting. For who? 
Distracting I can't, I can't handle oh, it. So if I show my legs, am I, does that make me not funny? Uh-huh. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that I'm funny all the time. Okay. I am, I am full, fully aware that we all have shit seats. Okay. But don't, don't go blaming my legs for that. If I want my legs to shine, baby, they're going to shine. Mm-hmm. And like, why is there this big separation between finding someone funny and finding them attractive? It's I like, Mm-hmm. Why are those things separate? I don't understand. I'm like, isn't that part of being attracted to someone, finding them funny? Mm-hmm. And and still to this day, people act like it's this, you do, you do comedy? Babe, yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Do, do you guys, have you guys ever watched a movie? Like, <laughs> like, do you, have you, like, go back and watch things from the 1950s. Like, there are... There've always been attractive people being funny. Why? I don't understand why. And by the way, I'm not like self-pointing calling myself like attractive, but sometimes I like to present in a way that whatever shows yeah. my body or makes me feel you confident know, and good and proud of yourself. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, that whole thing pisses me off. And I think it's, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, we could probably have a whole entire other oh, yeah. podcast about why even that idea exists mm-hmm. and, you know. Yeah, yeah. How did you not let that, like, well, well, I guess I should ask, like, did that change you? Were you like, all right, I guess I'll wear pants? Or were you like, eh, I'm not going to do that? I reluctantly did did wear pants the next time, but I wore sweatpants because I was like, I'm not wearing whatever's going on I'm not yeah the like corduroy or the khaki or whatever yeah yeah yeah. going on over here so I remember like I wore sweatpants and then of course that coach oh god he this was after practice one night and he for whatever reason this coach at the theater and this was not UCB this was Mm -hmm. West Side Theater he felt like the group was unhappy. I I don't remember why, but he was feeling like the team was unhappy with him at that moment. Like he wasn't, we were frustrated with him and I don't even remember what the reason was. Right. So after the practice, he goes, Amy, can I talk to you in the kitchen? I was like, okay. So he like pulled me into a room where him and I were alone and he goes, okay, I need you to tell me right now that you would never have sex with me. And I was like, what? I was like, why? And he was like, just, just, just do it. Just say it. And I was like, I'd never have sex with you. And he was like, okay, okay. Now I know you can be honest with me because you just said the most hurtful thing you could ever say to me. I, for people listening that you can't see my face right now, I'm very baffled and confused and disgusted all at once. I don't understand. What was the point of it? I don't understand. Because he he wanted to ask me how I felt about him as a coach. So in his mind, he thought that via sexual harassment, he would get in on this response from me. I was just like, oh, but he like, he tricked me into doing it. Because he was like, just, just say it, just say it. I was like, I will never have sex with you. What a psychotic, inappropriate, um, harassing, strange thing to do or say as a coach in a position of power to one of your students that you're coaching. Can you imagine even saying that to anybody ever? Like, no, I can't ever imagine there's a situation where I would even say that, let alone in this situation. I know. And, you know, I I remember I was I emailed him after it was over. and I was like, honestly, that was really not appropriate. And I this is how I feel. I'm going to choose to not tell anyone, you know, I'm not going to bring a lot of attention to this, but I just want to let you know that that was not okay. And you, you know, I felt harassed and he was really apologetic, you know, apologetic and all of that. But anyways, I remember just being so mad because I was like, here I am, you know, wasting away my, in my, uh, not wasting away, but I'm in, you know, my mid to late twenties and I'm driving to fucking Santa Monica, busting my ass because I want to try to, you know, get on a Herald team at some point. So I'm going to like go here and take this seriously and try to do a good job. And then for 
to, to have a moment of realization, like, wow, this actually isn't even about your, no one even really cares how skilled or talented you are. This is literally just about his ego. Yeah. And I was so disappointed about that. And I, yeah. I think that that's also a thing that happens a lot in entertainment um, to men and women or to anyone, because, you know, we do give a lot of, it's a lot of commitment and dedication to be good at, at what you do. And a lot of people just don't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't care. Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's just about their, you know, themselves. I will say this. I always go back to this. Hey, aim. If you have a problem with being entertainment, no one held a gun to your head and told you to do it. Okay, babe. So if you don't like it, you can get out. You know, I always like tell when I, if I start to hear myself complain too much about it. Yeah. I think it's like, brought this on yourself in a way. Sure. I think there's a fine line though, because it's like, I guess I can't really speak because I don't know what other industries are like, but it's like, I don't, I think that you, I just, I just don't think that's true. Like, I think you should be able to dress how you want, be how you want, be talented, do all those things and continue to pursue that and be a professional. I don't think that, I, I don't think that there should be like a, well, you decided to do this. I don't know. I just, I think we all need to just be fucking appropriate yeah. and respectful of each other, no matter the industry, you know? No, I completely fucking- agree. I completely agree. That was, that was more, no, I, I absolutely feel like no one should, should feel harassed trying to do what they're doing. Yeah. But I think that feeling, um, frustrated with the amount of work you're putting in and then maybe what you're getting out. I think sometimes that can be a theme with, I see what you're saying. Working in the industry. However, you know, you just have to, I've learned too, you know, you just have to change your perspective on it sometimes because mm-hmm. you're always going to get something out of it in some way. You you will learn something. And at minimum, you'll learn something about yourself, which mm-hmm. is good. So every time you push yourself towards a goal or something, you know, even though I'm not good at setting those, but if you have your heart set on doing something and you push yourself into it, then you'll get something out of it. Yeah. Yeah, Even man. It's not a paycheck, you know. Yeah. Stage time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I could talk to you for another hour. We've been talking for an hour, which oh is crazy. Gosh, Isn't wow. that crazy? Okay, that yeah, because I have like I didn't even check the time. I know because it flies by. I just want to be uh, mindful and respectful of your time. Um, if you could, I'll like wrap this up with with this question. If you could give advice to your younger self or anybody I guess anybody um my dog just tried to get on the bed and he failed I'm so upset that bagel did not make a cameo I left the door open because I really thought she was gonna come in here Ugh. bagel oh. bagel what an angel yeah. um if you could give yeah if you could give a piece of advice to your younger self or maybe somebody who's feeling or struggling in entertainment or whatever they're passionate about like what piece of advice would you give I have it (gasps) so shallow make connections Mm -hmm. make connections start young and the younger you start you're gonna like I I don't have any regrets about how it shook out for me but I feel that if you even put yourself in a school like UCB is a great example. That's a great example of making connections. I think it is so incredibly important to surround yourself with other people that are going to lift you up, even if it's just from, you know, your a perspective of your craft. But in terms of like actually getting a job, I'm fully convinced that's extremely important now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I was never good. I'm not a schmoozer. I'm not a elbow greaser like I would never even been to a I've never gone out in LA like trying to meet anybody and that's not necessarily what I'm suggesting I think it's really you know when you're young in your early 20s or even if you can in college go into like a really prestigious like the most connected circle you can get into 
So smart. I'm not good at it. How do we do it now? How I do don't we know. Do it now? I don't know. I don't know. I know. I don't know either. I mean, I'm at a, I, I you know, I'm, you know, I'm, have no intention of making this an improper UCB themed podcast, but I know we both have that. In yeah. Common. And I'm even grappling with right now, you know, I, cause I've haven't, you know, obviously haven't performed at the theater since the pandemic. And I'm like, I don't know if I can go back into it again. I feel, the same I feel way. like I'd be starting over. And even though I had, I was hosting a show there at the time, um, it was at sunset. So, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm, I just don't know if I'm, that's where I want to p- put my uh, time and energy. I know. I feel the same way. So, you know, I think I'd rather put on a dra- a cocktail dress and go to Sunset Tower. <laughs> yeah. Hey, let's go. Maybe me- we should go together. Um, no, I, I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Like, I don't know if that's, that's the right way, but. I don't either. Yeah, I, I think your your uh just getting yourself in a network of great people whether it's for success or for their wanting to collaborate with them or respecting mm-hmm. who they are um and their and their voice yeah. that that would be my advice because i i i sometimes wish instead of going to virginia tech i i started earlier yeah I relate to that so much. Mm-hmm. Um, well, thank you so much for giving me an hour of your time. I was so My excited pleasure. to chat with you because we've never had like a deep like con- one-on-one conversation before. So I was super I pumped and um, I'm just so grateful that you uh, let me take an hour out of your day. So thank you I'm so much. grateful for you as well. Thank you for just hitting me up and you're a wonderful interviewer. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of How the Fuck Did You Bounce Back with guest Amy Hessler. She is a comedian. She is a writer. She's an actor. She's a dancer. You can find her on Instagram. Her handle is Amy E. Hessler. Hessler is H-E-S-S-L-E-R. Okay, let's get into it. So we started out this episode by talking about Amy being engaged and, and on the way to becoming a stepmother and the sort of challenges and also joys that come with being a stepmother. And one thing that we laughed about was that you will never be cool to teenagers. And that led us into talking about not taking things personally. Most of the time, people are just thinking about themselves. They're not thinking about you. So when you think, oh, um, did I make this person upset? Are they mad at me? Did I say something stupid? It's like, no, don't take it personally how they're behaving if they're you know, being more standoffish or taking some time to themselves or just not around in general. Like it, it's probably them. Like everybody is so caught up in their own heads that it's, it's most likely them and not you. So try not to take things personally. We also talked about um, moving and traveling. And if you have the means to do it, to experience new cultures and to try new things that are challenging to you, Uh, Amy talked about going abroad and how it was fun and also freeing. And then we talked about decision making and how I'm not very good at it. And she talked about using a crystal pendulum, um, which is the physical manifestation of of what your intuition is saying, which I think is very cool. We said, you know, joked around about how Los Angeles it was. We also talked about her like clap uh, kind of game to make decisions where she claps and whichever hand is like more tingly or hot is the decision she's going to go with, which I think is super cool. And I've been clapping around the city of Los Angeles since this episode. We also talked about um, just living your life in order to cultivate trust in yourself. Live in a free way where you take risks and know that even when you quote unquote fail, you're actually not failing and you're learning. I'm I'm a big believer in... Um, I'm a big believer that growth happens in the uncomfortable moments. So, you know, take risks. We also talked about using social media as a creative outlet and tool rather than seeing it in a negative way. I'm such a little, I I, I don't know. I'm not great with social media. Maybe that's why I don't like it. It's not, it doesn't feel, it just doesn't feel great to me. But I think it's because I'm not utilizing it in a creative way or you know, as creative as I would like, I need to like give it a chance. You know, we talked about learning to let things go and not have such a stranglehold on outcomes. 
because things aren't always in your control. And, 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 you know, I think most things are not in your control because you can do everything right, like by the book, and it still go wrong. So kind of learning what your morals and values are and behaving in a way that is in line with those and then let the rest, you know, go. Let the chips fall where they may. That led us into talking about setting goals, how, you know, her and I aren't really goal setters. Um, but I, I do think that setting goals is helpful and important, but learning to be flexible with them because I just don't think rigidity serves you in that way when you're setting goals because, you know, I don't know. If you're like anything like me, I get sad and let down when I don't accomplish my goals. So setting them is helpful for me, but also being flexible and going with the flow as much as I can. And then we wrapped up by um, Amy talking about making connections as a really important piece of advice that she would give her younger self. Networking, um, making friends, joining different groups and clubs. And it's really hard as an adult to make connections and make friends, but putting yourself out there is is super important. And um, Another thing that I'm not great at, but I need to, I need to get out there and do more. Thanks again for listening. New episodes every Thursday.